Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old-fashioned Vikings football. Now, obviously, hey, the Vikes didn't lose this last week, but of course, we did have a bye. Got to kind of sit back, um, have a good time like Udo. Just kidding. He could have done some weird stuff. That's just a joke. Could have, could have maybe alleged. Who knows how that goes down? But uh, we are back talking some good old Vikings. And hey, I mean, with Green Bay losing, I got to admit that flea flicker at the end, I was like, do, do not score on this. But anyway, we will talk, you know, kind of the positives and negatives thus far through six games and what that means moving forward. Uh, the trade deadline is coming up will they make a move um we were uh, discussing a question that i brought up about adam Thielen that we'll talk a little bit later a lot of debate online about maybe adding some d line depth maybe another corner just because a tight end maybe um i mean I, i've heard a variety of stuff you know who, who, will they make a move we'll see you know, the, the man in charge likes to make moves right now. So maybe we will just, just – even if it's just depth. They made some minor moves in the last little bit. But we're talking about a full-on trade. Then we will preview and predict Sunday high noon against Arizona. It's payback from last year. Um, and we'll also kind of look at – you know, there's 11 games left. What will the Vikings be? You know, six and five, seven and four. Will they be five and six and fall apart? Could they be as high as eight and three or seven and four? I mean, it, it, it's a crapshoot. Um, if you look at the the quarterbacks that we have to face, probably, excuse me, six or seven of those games, it's kind of looking interesting. But yeah, then we'll preview and predict and all that good stuff. And then we got to talk like we normally do at the end of the show: go for football. But this is not going to be a fun segment going to spend a ton of time on it because a lot of it was just like we talked about last week. But anyway, if this is your first time listening to this year Vikings podcast, the Purple People Leaders, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope dope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope dope and download the show directly there. Listen to the browser. You can find the platform under the rope dope at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, also at the Spricker page, Living in Loserville is a good spot. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream. It's the best of live TV and on demand. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees. You get to enjoy regional sports networks, which is a big thing right now. Um, if you go with the choice or ultimate package, that gives you three free months of Showtime, Stars, Cinemat, Cinemax, and Epics. Um, that's a $160 value, and right now for a, a limited time only, prices start as low as $49.90 for uh, two months. That's direct TV stream. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in Aaron. Aaron, I got to say, when I was watching that flea flicker at the end of that Washington Green Bay game in the second Rodgers, Got the ball back in his hand. I thought, okay, he can actually maybe make a decent backwards pass that's going to be wide open. 
and sure enough, uh, it went out of bounds. Uh, it was probably the funny, like on the pro level, probably the funner one to watch as far as how long it lasted. Usually only lasts that long in college and high school. But um, I can't say that I was disappointed seeing uh, the bitter, you know, state rival here, borderline, uh, you know, border wars uh, go down uh, in flames and lose at home to Washington. Is it over? I mean, that's the real question. It's like you never want to count them out as long as Roger's there, but apparently this is his last year in Green Bay again. So Jordan Love hasn't been, you know, incredibly impressive. Uh, you know, Green Bay fans are freaking out and they want to get rid of the coach and they want to do everything. They're always freaking out when the refs aren't going for them and, and they're not winning. It's just a wine fest over there. Wine and cheese, I guess, from Wisconsin. But yeah, I mean, I think it's over. I'm going to go on a limb and say, I think it's over. I mean, I think they might salvage a little bit of something this season, but if indeed Rogers okay, leaves next season. Like the next few seasons, okay. I yeah, I mean, this, I mean, you can't have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks for 30 years and expect to get another one, right. knock on wood. I mean, if there was a club that was going to, it would be them. But, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting thing to watch, and it's so nice to watch. And to be 5-1 and one, into the bye with all the things that happened, going to London, coming back, didn't take the bye, had to play Chicago. Um, and then had to go down to Miami. I think it's just an incredible set of circumstances, not only Green Bay losses, but the position the Vikings are in uh, coming out of the bye now. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. We thought we were good to go. But you're right. and It's really funky, and I don't think people – it hasn't been reported of what the details of his contract is if he just said, "Can I reti- I'm going to retire. Like how much money just for signing the dotted line would he get even if he stops playing next year or goes someplace? You know, so that's what's interesting because literally, you know, it's been reported it's like $90 million of of dead cap next year if shit goes south. Now, like I said, the the inside part of that deal, it's a four-year deal, about 50 a year, and you just wonder like, man. Like, at that age, to sign a four-year contract, it seemed kind of funky. But for that reason, I always kind of thought, well, there's got to be something in the, in the, you know, in the contract that says we can get out after two years if, you know, shit goes left or whatever, something. So that'll be interesting. I'm sure there'll be, you know, reports as far as giving that exact detail. I've heard about this $90 million cap hit, which dead cap hit $90 million for one player would be nuts. It would definitely set the record by a lot Um, because we think you know the money they owe Drew Brees was a lot just you know knowing he's not playing anymore there's something in there so yeah that'll be funky and that hurts you long term as we know Um, just not you know having that much dead cap yeah it it, it definitely uh, was fun to see that game go the way it is and uh, they're just having a rough year but I'm with you as far as they could turn it around this year somewhat I'm not you know, I do see people out there, Aaron, that are like, oh, dude, they're done. They're done. It's like, just, have you learned that? Have you been watching anything these last, you know, as exactly, since you've been alive yeah. <laughs> as a Vikings fan? Like, just stop. Dude, don't do that to anyone. Don't put that out in the air because you're just going to jinx it. But anyway, um, 
Let's start with the positive, sir. Six games through and what it means, you know, in the future coming games that we got 11 games left. Um, I mean, obviously, the 5-1 and one is a positive, right? <laughs> um, I think the fact that we're 5-1 and one and we're 4-0 and oh in one-score games, uh, we've been able to mount these comebacks in the fourth quarter. Um, with the fact that both sides of the ball technically can improve because of the new sheen, the schemes, schemes, the schemes, you know, that, that has to be said. Now, the, the coming years, we can't use that as an excuse, but it's no way, no how they're going to be able to perfect what we're teaching when it's so different. I think that's the, another reason why we're preferencing that because we went the 3-4 and then now we're, you know, passing way more than we did so it is different we are going to get people in here in the future but just just that alone that you know do you want to live and die in these these close games no not necessarily but being four and oh in one score games and knowing that we can make some internal improvement being five and one it's got to be a positive it is a positive. Five and one anyway. You look at it, it's a positive, but also, you know, we've swept one round of division play. So we're three and oh in that. Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago. Um, so any win against those guys uh, in the future is, uh, you know, be a full sweep for the season for that team anyway. And, um, three game lead in the division is a positive. Uh, I think, you know, Justin Jefferson's uh, emergence and targeting has been a positive uh delvin you know that's might have to slide into the negative thing but i think that's a progression thing where we're going to see delvin become uh more of a factor uh later in the season when teams start to wear down when we start to wear down uh we'll start to run the ball more and uh so for positives uh defensively i think it's coming around chris it's been kind of hit or miss a lot of miss and then some hits and, you know, as the bye week approached, tightened up a little bit. And, you know, we were tightening in the fourth quarter, third quarter. And now, you know, it seems like maybe into the second quarter, just kind of getting a feel for how this defense goes. I know it was a little shaky in the beginning of the year. Uh, Donatel was a little, you know, nervous there telling us to calm down, wait for it, you know, but, uh, uh, I think it's worth waiting for. Um, like I said, you have the two pass rushers starting to emerge going into the bye. And, uh, you know, Tomlinson's playing pretty well. So I think my biggest concern would be the defense, and I think there's positives there to look at. In fact, I would say another great positive is just the the play of the corners. Um, you know, we didn't know in the season start uh, how the corners would face. I mean, Cam's had potential, but he hasn't really been a starter for a significant amount of games in a row. Um, and he seemed to hold up well. Pat P appears to be uh, what we know of Pat P in the last two seasons. And then uh, Sullivan, you know, that's an interesting uh, situation there because we had Mac last year, and that was a, a mitigated disaster. So, um, you know, having him and not just seeing guys running down the slot 40 yards ahead of everybody else is a good thing. I'm not saying he's a world beater, but he's definitely held that spot down. And the biggest, I think, positive of all, Chris, is that we've stayed healthy. And uh, to this point, knock on wood, you know, that can always change. But uh, no major injuries. There's some depth injuries. I think Tyson Chandler is a little dinged up. 
Um, obviously, Lewis seen, but he wasn't getting a lot of time. Um, but, yeah, I think for the starters, or at least the first team guys, uh, they've stayed relatively healthy. That's a, a major positive. See, I thought we were going to go back and forth with this stuff, man. You just, let, you just laid a lot out there, and it, it's got me thinking. That, that is uh, – I, I liked what you said, especially the injuries. I was thinking about that one, too, where it's like, you know, knock on wood, as we know <laughs> the last two seasons, uh, we've been really lucky. And, and when you look at it, Aaron, a lot of times, like if you look at that 13-3 year, if you look at, you know, who's, in the, who's the last 18th left and all that – a, a fair amount of times you can look at injury luck off that too. Um, now, obviously, there's better you know, overall units on teams in general, better coaches and all that. I'm not saying, oh, it just helped, that's it. But some of those separators can, can you know, that can be a really big deal. Um, the two minutes um, of each half, you know, both offense and defense, um, offense has been phenomenal in those scenarios being really, that's a great one. That's a great one. And also, you know, not, not just aggressive, like we've kind of pointed out, you know, in the, in the end of second quarters in in being able to get field goals early, but also as we know, with those comebacks and then the defense right now, they've put up, they've they've put up, they they haven't put up uh, the points. They actually have the least amount of points in that time frame in the league right now two minutes of each half, which, as we know, we don't have to go back to the 636 number or whatever the hell number that was um, of that stat, which is just crazy. And we thought, shit, even we could be a couple hundred less ranking, that would be a big improvement. And I'm not saying they're going to lead the league in this category, but, man, that would be a big, big thing there um, to keep even somewhat what we're doing right now. Uh, That's huge. Um, also the, the, the offensive line, something we've talked about now, is it, is it, you know, championship level? No, but it's, it just seems like it's a lot better. Whatever. Sometimes we are throwing the ball quicker, um, shorter three-step, five-step drops, not always going deep. They're taking the deep ball away. I like how we've said, all right, they're going to take the deep ball away at times. We're going to attack short and try to get that yak. Uh, that's something we've done better than we did in years past is the yard after catch because we haven't had as many uh, deep shots because, you know, the whole bracketing thing. So the old line has definitely shown uh, to be, dare I say, serviceable. Yeah, that's the word. League average, serviceable, however you want to slice it. I think that's a great one, Chris, and I failed to, to say that because I just didn't, uh, didn't come to my mind, but you're right. I mean, it looks like we have two tackles for the future. Uh, we've got one signed long term, but then we got another one, a rookie contract. Uh, you know, Ingram seems like a player. Uh, he's a rookie and he's had to take his lumps a little bit. Cleveland, you know, league average, just, you know, what what we want, and Bradbury's improvement is probably the biggest uh, positive for that offensive line. Is a couple times he's in Kurt's lap. I, I've seen that, but uh, for the most part, against uh, average lines, he's held his own. Um, he's run into a couple big guys that have pushed him around a bit, but uh, overall, whatever they've done scheme wise or or just Bradbury technique wise, has seemed to work out. Um, is he? 
you know, the answer at center for the future, we don't know. Uh, I think all of us say probably not. But uh, for this season, uh, good enough. And uh, at least to this point of this season, good enough. Um, so, yeah, the offensive line is a huge one, Chris, and, and I'm glad you brought that one up. Um, defensive line needs some work, but we'll get into that. Yeah, but don't you worry, guys. The negatives, negatives are coming. They're there, no doubt about it. Just to add on what you said about the corners. And, you know, Sullivan, has he been better than Alexander? I agree with you. Um, has he, you know, locked his spot? I'm not totally sure about that just yet, just because of the yards after the catch, but it is it is an improvement. I mean, you have to agree with that. I mean, it definitely, <laughs> because you're right, man. See, and, uh, and hey, we, you know, we both were happy that Alexander was coming back. He just got into that slot, right, the, the two years prior before he left that one year. But, yeah, he had a hell of a, a rough year. But Pat P is uh, – uh, allowing uh, the six fewest catches. Um, and Danzler, like you said, um, this guy has, has played great right now, even if you look at PFF, which is a little funky, especially when it comes to cornerbacks. But it at least kind of you got an eye test and you got some other stuff you can look at. And he's even ranked 27th out of 105 uh, cornerbacks. And, and that is, you know, a starting Cornerback. So I really am happy with the two starting quarterback, cornerbacks in general. Um, and the red zone in two out of these last three games, the offense has gotten better at the red zone. We were talking about that earlier. Um, they've definitely gotten better at that. And the bend that don't break, you know, um, the defense has got, you know, it's at 19.7, so below 20 points, which is, a, is an improvement from last year. So I think that's a, a big, you know, improvement. And we saw Hunter finally get off like he did week one. And there's a stat here that said Hunter out of the 64, which is key there, 64 snaps. Of course, they had the ball, so they had to have it. I think about it. But 48 out of the 64 snaps, he had his hand in the dirt. So will that be an adjustment moving forward? And overall, you know, the, the – the uh, turnover, the plus four turnover differential, um, it's right up there tied for second in the league. That's a big thing because as an offense, yeah, we're being a little bit more aggressive. The Philly game is where we had all our turnovers. Otherwise, it hasn't been, you know, three and four turnovers or something wild like that. And, yeah, the bend and don't break. But if you have a bend and don't break, you got to do – usually you got to be good in the red zone, but you got to cause turnovers. And to their credit – especially timely ones, Aaron, they've caused turnovers and put us in a good spot field position, um, you know, in many of these games. Yeah, and that's kind of come along, like, recently, the turnovers uh, in bunches, particularly in Miami game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've been timely. I mean, I guess any turnover is a timely turnover, you know, if you want to look at it. But uh, in big spots, when you need it to close a game or to – uh, you know, put yourself ahead. Uh, it's been uh, refreshing to see Pat P, like you said, has been refreshing to see because I really didn't know uh, how that was going to go. But, you know, he's savvy. That's the thing that's really stood out to me. Um, just the way, you know, he knows what to do and when to do it. Uh, and he should after, what, 13 years, 12 years, something in the league. It's nice to see that. And, you know, I guess he's studying film with Cam 
what, an hour a week or something like that. And seems to be paying off. And then Cam Bynum, Chris, is another one too, which I was kind of shaky on going into the season. And he seems to be holding that spot down. Um, and he needs to now because, you know, scene's not there. And I think scene is probably going to end up being, uh, Harrison Smith's replacement at some point if his leg comes back together. But, uh, you know, defensively, it just seems like the parts are there. Um, except for the, you know, the defensive line. I think that's just more of a problem of you just don't have the bodies. You just don't have the guys. The guys that are playing are playing their best, but it's just some of it's not good enough. Um, and then you have, you know, offensive line's great. So I think the positives are starting to add up and it's, you know, it's kind of a funky five and one because, you know, it hasn't been, you know, a world beater. You've been winning one score games. Um, you've come out slow. You've come out fast and then faded. You've done a lot of different things. Uh, you've missed kicks. You've done this. You've done that. Yet you still end up five and one. Is that a more of indictment on the league and the schedule? Or is that a, a, a full positive for the Vikings? I'm going to lean towards a positive because we're winning those games uh, for the Vikings. But the league does look a little shabby. Uh, early in the season, which is to be expected now with starters not playing a lot of uh, preseason and also, you know, the no hitting and the off season and all that stuff. But at this point in the season, you'd think uh, offenses would be a little more smooth and uh, defenses would be a little bit more uh, put together than where they are around the league. Yeah, that's a good call. And I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that, uh, you know, there's been a ton of tight games a couple of weeks ago. We went on do have an updated number just to follow up to credit j jones nine on twitter just such a perfect twitter handle Jay Jones. um last year in those and this actually goes to the four minute there's two in four minutes that's here we were the worst by far minus 73 and point differential in the final pass this year plus 33 in that same thing and just so you know, going off exactly what you said, average margin of victory this season in general is 8.9. And it's set as right now to, to shatter. Uh, I think it's Pelicero said this, tweeted this. It's going to shatter the 10.2 average. It's on pace to shatter that from the Super Bowl era. The only other Below 10 was in 1932 when the Bears opened three straight scoreless ties and won the title. Uh, so if you're wondering why NFL wasn't big in the 30s and 40s, I think I just gave you one of the reasons uh, when it was college football, boxing, and horse racing back in the day. Right? Um, so that, you know, it, it is a league that is, is, shit is close this year. And, I mean, I think – what is it? Three comebacks that the Giants, another, you know, good team there, Giants surprise team, kind of like us as far as this point of the season. I think they have three comebacks uh, of 10 or more already this season. So they've even been more, you know, technically, you know, luckier than us if we want to break that down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is kind of what's going on this year. And right now, as far as the top 10 in point differential, plus 95 Buffalo. Plus 56 Philly. Then you got San Fran, KC, uh, New England, Jacksonville, 33, 30, 28, 24, and then 23. We're eighth in the league when it comes to just overall point differential as far as, you know, with the league, against the league, and whatnot. 
So um, there is a you know fair amount of positive. The least penalized in the NFL. That's obviously you know a positive. Um, defensively, uh, you know we're actually really good on third down. Um, we're seventh best on third down percentage. Given that up, um, the offense. You know, got better at that red zone. They're they're 11th in this. This has come from uh, Dustin Baker, by the way. Uh, fifth most first downs, 22 per game. Uh, you know that type of way, and and so it's right. There's a lot of positives. Let's get to the negatives though. We're kind of being too positive. What do you think about that? Let's get to some negatives here. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, couldn't wait for the negatives. You know me. Um, all right. Well, my number one negative, Chris, is. I kind of leaned into it early on that, but I thought defensive line. Um, and I don't think it's a, a matter of effort or, or scheme. It's just, I don't think you have the horses. I don't, I know you have Delvin. He's a starting defensive tackle. Um, you have, uh, what's his name? Phillips. Uh, he seems to be a starting tackle. But I'm not sure he's, you know, top-notch. He maybe would go with league average for that uh, defensive tackle. So that's your starters. And now your depth is where we start to have an issue. I mean, Bullard, okay, that's fine. You can get a couple snaps. Uh, Lynch, I kind of thought there would be more uh, of an improvement from him. And it just hasn't really come together yet. He's getting his limited snaps. and. Just not making splash plays. I think I saw him maybe stick out uh, for one play in Miami, but I can't really remember exactly what that was. I think he put some pressure on somebody. And then you have Blacklock, the guy you traded for. He's just a depth guy. And so you really just don't have uh, the pieces there that you need. And if you're going to rotate, which is what they seem to be uh, destined or or they want to do, is – they need somebody to rotate in. I mean, I think you're good on the outside linebacker slash defensive ends. You're deep there. Um, so maybe that's another reason why they're moving uh, Zadarius around and just because you need to get something from the inside there. Um, so that's uh, my biggest uh, negative so far. And I think that is kind of has a, a domino effect for your defense uh, as it goes uh, throughout the game. Um, you just can't, you know, the run stuffing, Capability. It's not like the days of Linval, you know, or or back in the day with uh, Kevin Williams and those guys, Pat Williams, the guys that stuffed the run. Uh, we just don't seem to have that. Delvin's kind of that, but he just doesn't have the same, I think, makeup as those guys did. Um, offensively, it's hard to find a real negative. I think the passing game is a little bit lopsided towards Jefferson, and I don't know if that's uh, – a scheme thing, or if that's a mandate, you know, because he is going to be looking to sign a contract here. Um, or if it's just, he's the guy that's open. Uh, it needs to be spread around a little bit more, I think. And I think you and I mentioned off the mic that we'd like to start seeing a Delvin in screen game, Delvin, uh, in the flat, uh, even yes. check down Delvin, uh, check get the ball. Delvin. Oh my God. Hashtag check down Delvin. And, you know, because him in space is is a, a beautiful thing to see, and we're just not seeing that. So maybe that's along with the evolution of the offense, and we're kind of seeing it go game by game, expanding, expanding, expanding. And, uh, and, and that's, you know. And then, you know, KJ, what's his role here? You think if you're going to bracket Jefferson, 
and you're going to have a, a, a high safety on Thielen, you would think that uh, KG Osborne would be uh, picking up the scraps, but there's not a lot of scraps there. So I think there's some, some balance in the passing game that needs to be done there, uh, which leads to a negative. And then my final negative, Chris, and I'll go ahead and let you go on a rant is, is the kicking game. That guy, he, you know, we, oh, yeah. I've always said, we've always said, you know, make your extra points and make the field goals that you should make 40 or, or less. And, you know, he's done a decent job with his field goals, but these extra points are killing me, man. I just can't take the crooked number that you get from a mixed extra point. It just kind of lingers in the back of your throat. It's like, you know, it's just, you can't spit it out. And it's like you just have to – now, you can go ahead and convert a two-point conversion on your next touchdown, which will, you know, make everybody feel a lot better, but it doesn't change the fact that I just don't have any faith in this guy Uh and I just don't think I ever have uh, in this kicker. And uh, what are you going to do? I mean, you're trying to build his confidence. I understand that. Um, he does need his confidence built, and you don't want to do a Zimmer thing and just, you know, <laughs> send him packing. Jackson, yeah. But but sometimes you do want to send him packing. You know, he's yeah. like, you miss another extra point, and I don't want to <laughs> see you again. You know, uh, I think I read uh, Kevin O'Connell's lips uh, after he. Missed his last kick, and I think uh, he said, uh, Fuck there it is. Guy? Oh. Yeah, no, he said, he said, there it is. So he kind of knew it was coming. So we have to deal with that kicking situation uh, once and for all. We had it dealt with with Carlson, but, you know, we didn't really have it because nah, we did. he didn't kick well here, you know? Nah, so it's nah, like, we didn't get what, sure, but. You can, that's the argument you can say. And I, and, but, you know, I was for getting him out of town, too, so it – you know, right, you too. can't win. You can't win with that. But so I'd say, you know, for another positive, let's uh, switch back to positives quickly because <laughs> I think the rest of the special teams yes. has been good. Yes. But the field goal and kicking that game. Coach. That coach is gonna be head coach. That coach is gonna be head coach. That's I think so. Right now. So I'm not down in special teams. I'm downing the field goal kicker, uh, and I don't want to say his name. I've never been more intrigued to listen to a press conference. Special teams coach. This guy, it just makes me want to like run into a brick wall. The guy is he's funny. He he makes you give a shit. He shows you how much he cares. This guy is something. I don't know. I think he's on. He's gonna probably be on the defensive side if you look at his background. But uh, this guy's done it. He's young as hell. Um, and he's funny as shit. Um, too many close games, obviously. Um, and you're gonna play close games. Just threw up the stat, right? Everyone's in close games, but there's two games where we could have put it away. And you know, not every eight to seven point one score games the same, right? Because we basically enough put Miami enough away to get up by two touchdowns late. That's fine. There's plenty of ugly last minute touchdowns that people get hit that's that's putting it away for me in my my eyes a little bit considering especially how that damn game went but you know the saints game there was times where we we got to put those away because the more you're in close games and you're underachieving in a game clearly uh the more you're not going to be four and oh in those games we saw it six and eight last year and this is a, a positive negative that we lead the NFL to go off your special teams and defense tied with uh, turnovers. 
the Vikes lead in start NFL in starting position differential uh, per game as their opponent so far. Seven and a half yards better. Problem is, this is a negative. We're tied for fifth worst for three and out. So sustained drives. Some of that is running a little bit more. Some of that, like you mentioned, you know, cook in space, running the screen game in general. Um, we know we don't, we don't want to go back to run, run, pass. We're not saying that. We do not want to go unless you know we're up by 21 or something like that. But run, run, pass. We're not calling for. But and we've been very good on offense on first down. That's helped us in general. But man, um, we just have to continue to improve on third down and just overall sustaining drives, getting those less three and outs. Uh, I think that would go a long ways. Uh, defensively, um, oh, oh, hold on. Offense in the third quarter, you've scored six points in six games. That's fucking ridiculous. Like you mentioned earlier, we come out popping, then we just go to sleep for a while. Oh, it's fourth quarter, eight minutes? Cool, we're going to go win the game. We can't do that uh, against quality opposition, or it's going to be an Great L. point. You know, it's it's gonna a great be point. It's going to be an L. There's just no way around it. Um, so that's mostly offense. Defense. Uh, just giving up too many chunk plays, whether it's yards after the catch. They've taken a step back uh, in the red zone, uh, you know, which that goes with the bend and don't break. You have to be good in the red zone. Um, so that is kind of like if you look at the most 10 play yards, this is uh, Dusty Baker. Most 10 plus yards play allowed through six weeks, right? Not even including this one because we weren't involved. Um, 93 of them to lead the league. The Falcons, Cardinals, Lions, Steelers, Texans, Browns, Ravens, oh my. Um, that's who's below us. 90, 89, 88, 87. We lead the league through six weeks. It given up not even just chunk plays, but just overall. We're second worst uh, in the red zone percentage as far as making them kick a field goal. Um, so overall, like I said, offense thirty first, the second worst. Uh, I can't believe someone's not scored more than six than just us. But going in that third quarter, we're thirty first. Of course, we're sixth in the second quarter, fourth quarter of the league, and thirteenth in the first quarter. But yeah, we have to stop giving up those big ass chunk plays. It's just, you know, I understand. Like, I don't know. I we're still trying to figure out this three four defense, and not every three four defense. Just like four or three different defenses are the same exact thing. So we are, you know, still trying to look at this and, and know where we can actually be critical and know where we're like, oh, actually that worked pretty good because they are giving up less points than they did last year. So overall, though, the chunk plays, it's like if you're going to take away a 40-yard deep bomb, which we could do, but if we're going to, then we can't give yards after the catch and let someone get 27 yards. Explosive plays are explosive plays no matter how you get them. We were just talking about offense, how we're not necessarily doing what we have the last two years down the field in the air, but we're still creating explosive plays underneath yards after the catch. So we definitely, as a defense, have to tighten up on the red zone um, and just giving up those big plays because before you know it, you're in the red zone, you're tired, you're wearing down. And, uh, you know, they've, they've taken a step back the last couple of weeks in the red zone. 
Yeah, I mean, I, those are all great points. Um, Thank you. Yeah, well, they are. Um, Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say more than uh, – I don't know what the third quarter problem is. It's, you know, we've always had these problems in in and out of halves. One year it's out of half. You know, one year it's going into half like last year, and I think maybe the year before, and it's just – I don't understand if they have to revi- you know, revitalize, get themselves going, and you know, it's, you can go into a into the half of the great rhythm and then come out and lay an egg in the third. It's just it's uncanny how they can do that. And um, I'm not sure maybe that's adjusting to adjustments or or whatever it is right. they're trying to do. But six points is not that's that's not league average. That is. Uh, it's I can't believe it's not worse. I can't believe we're thirty first. Seriously, that team probably scored this week. You know, in the third. Right. In the red zone is defensively. I can kind of. I'm gonna give them a little bit of a break there, just because I think they are adjusting to the scheme and and how to play in the red zone. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, if you're gonna be, as you said, if you're gonna be Ben, but don't break. That means you don't break. That means no red zone stuff. Um, and, you know, with Zimmer, they were always pretty good in the red zone, but that's because he was doing red zone drills forever. And now you kind of see why he was doing it. You know, he wanted offense to be good in the red zone and defense to be good in the red zone. And, and they were for the most part uh, during his tenure. And so I think that's something uh, they need to self-scout, I guess, during the bye and see what's going on there. And I mean, I think you have offensively enough enough weapons to be successful in the red zone. Um, and I think he's a creative enough play designer and uh, a play caller to uh, improve that offensively. I think defensively, it's it's want to really and and uh, you know again defensive line deficiencies probably have a, an issue with that. But uh, in the back end, it seems like you're holding together pretty good. So it's it's inexplicable about defensive. I think it's just a matter of uh, system and and getting it down and. You know, I don't know if a bye week is going to help them with that, but I think they can maybe tailor some things uh, around the players as opposed to uh, being so rigid in your system. But, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, you know, we had a lot more positives than negatives, which is a, a positive. Um, but I think that the negatives are kind of uh, – some of them you can't fix, Chris. I mean, unless you, you know, exactly. we get on to the next subject, it's like nope. – what are you going to bring in a defensive lineman? I mean, right. I mean, going segueing into that, I really think that, you know, my hot take when it comes to will they make moves, won't they make moves, is I really think everybody's playing for their job this season. And I mean everybody with the exception of maybe Justin Jefferson. Uh, I think that well, this was a let's see what we can do this season. I think they went into this year going, let's not change a lot. Let's see what we can do. And we'll make decisions uh, before the 23 season. And, you know, I don't think they're going to fire sale people. I don't think it's going to be like that. But I don't think they're really too interested, Chris, in adding new parts uh, at this point. Now, I could be wrong. I know there's a lot in the rumor mill. Um, OBJ was in there. Mike Kosicki, uh Still waiting on the Dominican Sioux news. Um, so yeah, there are. I think he's waiting there until are, like December. I just want to play right. Yeah. right. So there are things on the burner, I guess, or rumors flying around, but I just don't see them adding any large pieces or anything that would be substantial or hit the salary cap in a, in a major way 
I think they're really just going to really evaluate at the end of this season. Of course, now I haven't heard anything about it. It's just my take, but I really think they're just going to see what we can do with this group. And then we can either, you know, make subtle changes or big changes depending on how we feel at the end of the season. And so, you know, do I think we're going to see OBJ here? Probably not. It's cold, you know, um, our Mike Asiki, that's a possibility. We need the tight end. That could be a long-term solution. I would say yeah, that Irv Smith is, he tried, um, you know, Irv Smith has been a little underwhelming, whether that scheme or talent, don't know. But you do need some depth there. Johnny Munt is not the answer. God bless him. Yeah, Great blocker. Yeah, but he does. Yeah, hell yeah. I want him on the team for a while, but just not as the number one. And then uh, I'd like to see some defensive line help of any form, whether that's Sue or or anybody else that could make an impact. I don't want any more Black Locks or Bullards. But give me a, give me a guy who can make an impact now, uh, and I think I take that. But I think the most realistic uh, – acquisition I could think of uh, from what I've heard through the rumor mills would be uh, getting Mike Kosicki out of Miami and here uh, to uh, the Vikings. But, you know, I've also heard a little rumors about bringing Kyle Rudolph back. Right. who's doing some ben- bench warming and in, the red in Tampa. Threat. Yeah. So, I mean, that w- I wouldn't be opposed to that either. No, um, either. You know, so I think some tight end help would be, would be good, and I think that's probably the most reasonable acquisition. Chris, what do you think? Do you think they're going to make any slash moves or anything, you know, uh, significant at the trade deadline? Yeah, I, the whole, I don't know. It's tough to say because when you bring in Odell, good old Odelli, first of all, I don't think he can play till December just off his health. Um, second of all, that's going to go one or the other, you know. And maybe we'll know in December, you know, like, because he is a free agent. You don't got to bring him in until, you know, well, maybe you can't bring him in in December. But he's going to be someplace. I know that. And maybe if we get to, you know, if we're deep in the season, we've only lost two more games or something like that. Well, then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we don't need him. Or you're like, well, fuck it. This will be good because he, he realizes the scenario he's in. But it, it can go either way. It can go really great like last year or in some of the time, you know, and sometimes in the Giants it's gone really good. Other times it wasn't. It's yada, yada, yada. So, but as far as just being able to throw to somebody and then go and get it and just make it a play, uh, he would be free, you know. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it is depth. I think what we're finding out, which something you said recently, the outside linebacker position is, is four deep. We're good to go there. Um, the defensive line position in three four, which is you're asking a much different thing to do in a three four than a four three. We got a lot of four three guys, um, and it doesn't seem like you know the other guys beyond those two, like you said, are just all that good at this. And that's where I think some big changes will be in the coming seasons. Uh, but yeah, I'd say some D line depth uh, could be in there. I, I see that potentially whether that's just signing or a trade. And, oh, boy, who's in charge now loves to do his thing. So I could see him doing something. But significant, I agree. I don't think we'll make a significant uh, with a trade. I just, I just don't see it. It will. No, it would be hard to – I mean, what are you going to – first of all, who's out there, you know, and – 
is it worth it? Are you going to be signing long-term contracts right now? Not really. Um, I think you're you're looking to kind of clear your books as opposed to to add to them. And um, yeah, you got you got the Cousins deal. That's another year at the at very least. Um, and then you got the draft, and you're going to have to deal with the the three four. And you know, I think you need some more inside linebackers. You need some things. And I just don't think that one, it's not available, and two, not the right time to go do it. So uh, maybe something, but nothing huge. Um, what about Smith Barset? He got cut. <laughs> Bring him back. It's called full circle, Chris. It's called full circle. It's coming around. Um, no, so you know, I really think it's a prove it year. Yeah, I think it's a prove it year for just about everybody, and I kind of like that that way. You know, I was kind of a, a a fan of the blow it up thing last year, but I think this makes a little bit more sense considering you're going to have cousins for at least this year and next year. You might as well see what can happen. Um, and I really think, you know, look, five and one has happened. So, you know, there's 11 right. more games. You know, we're not going to knee jerk our way through this one, but, uh, five and one's about as good a start as you can get. And, uh, you know, you seem to have, uh, a lot of things working your way. So, you know, let's see what happens. I think if you go into a tailspin towards the end of the season, you know, that could change your, your viewpoint on, acquisitions and, and so forth, but I really don't see that happening just the way the league looks at the moment, particularly the North. Yeah, I mean, too. Yeah, just yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's Detroit, the Tampa Green Bay, like if you look at the NFC, dude, it's crazy. I mean, Dallas, it's yeah, just, it's not, giants. yeah, it's, it's bad. It's, really it's bad. underwhelming. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not good, but at least yeah, I games, just, seven games into it. Right. Yes, yeah. Let's talk about that, what we got left. I mean, you got Arizona at home. You got at Washington, at Buffalo. You kind of chalked that one up in his L. Uh, Dallas at home. We know that those, every other year it seems like we trade. Hey, you want to win? No, we'll take the win this year. Um, at home, New England on a short week. They're not doing great this year, but it's still on a short week in Belichick. Um, the Jets look a little bit better than we thought at Detroit in the, you know, Indy at home, looking pretty good. Giants look a little better now, right? <laughs> That's for sure than we thought yeah. at the beginning of the year. That's at home, but still they look better. Um, and then at Green Bay, at Chicago, who knows what at Chicago looks like? I think uh, if you you know if somebody's been paying attention out there, we've seen this at Chicago game a bunch late in the year, in where they're at as a team, and how many starters are going to be there. And do you want to get a, a good player that you like for the coming years hurt right before the offseason? You never know what that is. But, um, you know, will it be falling apart? I think falling apart would be five and six, you know. I mean, well, I mean, there's worse, you know, there's obviously four or seven and all that. But uh, will it be six and five? Will it be five and six? Can they go seven and four? Or can they, you know, duplicate some of the stuff they've done early and go eight and three? I mean, what what's your – you know, what's your gut kind of telling you? Um, you know, we don't have to pick exact numbers, but it is hard to see, in my opinion, right now, even five of six, you know, um, especially based off last year. You know, how many damn tight games are there? We still won six out of, you know, six. We won six of those. So I, I just don't see us going uh, four of seven or five of six unless there's major injuries. Knock on wood, no. I had to say that. Yeah, well, I think that deserves to be said. Um, 
look, it's hard to really say, Chris, obviously, but uh, if you take this momentum and you move it forward and you say that things will progress the way you think that they will, um, I think seven and four, and you know, for me, that's highly optimistic. I'm not usually that optimistic, but I just, you know, I think you'll beat the Cardinals. I think you'll beat Washington. I think you'll lose to the Bills. I think you'll beat the Cowboys. You'll probably lose to the Patriots. You'll probably yeah, lose to the Jets. Whichever, you know. Yeah, you'll probably lose to the Jets. I think you'll beat the Lions. I think you'll beat the Colts. I think you'll beat the Giants. I think you'll go 3-0 and to, to end the season. So I think it gets a little bit murky this next stretch where I think you end up 4-3, and three, and then you hit 3 at the end. I think you beat the Giants, you beat the Packers, and you beat the Bears. Um, so that's seven and four. That makes us 12 and five, which is a hell of a record, Chris, considering what I thought coming into the season. It really is. Um, and that's playoff. That could possibly be home home, field. That's home field. Not, and then, you know, right. But you know, at least one. and, And then you're in the tournament and anything can happen. Now that's what we say every year. Just get in there, you know? But uh, I'm I not, think you know. we say that as Vikings fans, right? We're like, hey, it's nice right. to get more football, right? We're getting more football. <laughs> yeah. And then you sit down one yeah. Sunday and just watch 42 to 3. <laughs> and you're like, okay, we didn't really need to see that game. Right. Yeah. Didn't really need to see that one. I can't believe I waited all week for that. Um, right. <laughs> look, so, I mean, there. I have seven and four circles. I'm with you there. I think I love yeah, I mean, the way you broke that down. And it can go either way. Like I said, oh, maybe we lose to the Cowboys, turn around and beat New England. Maybe, you know, the Jets beat us. Maybe we don't then lose to the Giants, whatever. But I liked how you broke that down. I, I'm right in there with you on the 7-4. And, and that's 12-5, and five and that's, you know, I, it, here's what it is. If you get to be 12-5, and five, Chris, I don't want to deal with – got to go Super Bowl here. And, and, and look – it's been 60 years, this franchise. We haven't won a Super Bowl. And I'm not saying this is the year. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not I'm not raising yeah, the uh, – To put all the pressure on this year going to the Super Bowl since we've been alive, I, I have to push back on that, but keep going. But at some point, the levy's got to break. And I, I, it could be this year. It could be down the road. I don't know. But I, I guess my point in saying that is that playoffs are just not enough anymore for me, whether you're home field advantage, whether you're – NFC championship game is just not enough. I've seen two NFC championship games, I think three in our lifetime, Chris. I'm not sure if it's two or three. And uh, it hasn't gone well. And uh, I mean, you know. in our lifetime since late 80s, um, it's been one in the 80s, one in the 90s, 2000, 2000, or wait, 90, wait. Did we had 2018 or something. The Eagles, yeah, 2017, 2017 no, yep. 2009, 2009, yep, exactly. So five, yep. Times. one, five two, times, yep, five, five of them. Yeah, because there's some Niners one in there. That, yeah, yeah, so Redskins. we've seen a few of them. The first one, yeah. Redskins, yep. Oh, that was saying, the first. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one. Back a little bit. Dude, a why'd you bring up the Redskin one? That just that had yeah, somehow no, washed no. out of my fucking memory. Still would have had to go overtime, people. Let's not. That just ties. Uh, of course, we didn't have extra point problems back then. Of course, it was a lot closer. That's anyway, too soon, man. <laughs> yeah, right? But, but here's my pushback. Let's say we got to the conference final. Now, we can bring a ton of this team back straight up just on the roster. 
And if you look at our offensive line next year and how it won't, it, it wouldn't take a step back next year, you know, I mean, healthy, right? So if we got to the conference final this year, based off my expectations going in, I can't sit there and be like, it has to be Super Bowl or fuck it. I just can't do that. But because I look at the next year and after that, now we could say, well, 13 and three, what happened? Well, what happened is two of our fucking guards went away, you know, and our, and our rookie guy from Ohio State came back without working out in the offseason. So we are all of a sudden garbage at that place. So I can't say Super Bowl or bust, to be honest with you, and think that I would want to change things the next year based off us making the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it, but I just can't deal with another, you know, especially if we have home field. Let's just assume, knock on wood, you know, let's not assume shit. No, I mean, let's just say we, let's say we end up, uh, with home field. Oh, oh, so this is all built on we're the number one seed. Yeah, because otherwise you got to do wild card weekend and. Well, we can be the number two seed. Yeah, I mean, it could be the two seed and either face the Niners or somebody like that. that. My bad. I, I thought you, so. If we're the number one seed, I got you. I don't. I mean, you think right. Philly's gonna? Eh, you know, it's hard to tell with them. Yeah. Even if they're twelve and five, they got the tiebreaker. So. Sure. Yeah. So let's just assume that we have to play two two playoff games. There you and, go. And 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 then the and then the thing that's a gauntlet for this two. team. Or just two. Just being the second seed. Sure. Whatever you know, just two of them. And that's you know. That's Cousins Prime Time. That's, you know, the ghost of Vikings past, the the pit in your stomach, the field goal kicks, the extra points, all the things that could possibly were injuries and somebody gets magically sick and you know, it's just all the things that could go into it. You, you know, to win three games to get to the Super Bowl anything, you know. Uh Adrian, you know, disciplining his kid uh it just anything the Texas way yeah so you know you have to I, I just don't no, want to we don't have to I guess I don't want I want here's let's, here's let's the point here's my point let me finalize this and say it yeah. this fan base this franchise has to come to realization that we're not trying our goal here is not to make the playoffs we the goal should be to make and win the Super Bowl. And so I don't want to put a lot of praise on a wild card berth or a, a second round berth or one playoff win and then a an ass kicking the week after. Uh, it's Super Bowl time. It's been 60 years. That is what will excite me now. And, you know, I want to start picking the parade route. Fan perspective. Yeah, I think I've, you know, watched enough Viking football over the last amount of years, Chris, you and I, our whole lives basically, that it's just to the point where playoffs just aren't enough for me. And that's fair, especially if, like you said, we are number one seed, especially at home, or two seed, and there's a chance there, no doubt about it. But my point is, it's like, I can't all all of a sudden put the pressure on this new coach and new, you know, general manager to be like, Fuck it, blow it up the next season. We made the conference final. Fuck it, just because I'm passionate and I'm pissed off at this team. But we made the conference final. We could bring back a lot of the same people and add to it. Fuck it, just blow it up because we didn't make the Super Bowl. I guess I, it's somewhere in between there. I know what you're saying. I just can't all of a sudden 
put the apply the pressure on two people that just got here. Yeah, well, just to be clear, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you make the NFC Championship game and then blow it up the next season. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying because I got to. No, no, I have to just. I want to. Everyone, sure, I got you. Just aspire to more, you know. And I think this this thing is just all about just getting the playoffs and see what happens. That's not enough. It's not enough anymore, you know. It's just not enough. Should have been enough though under Zimmer and you know everybody last thirty years. Agreed. Right. Okay. Anyway, let's let's move on. Let's move on to the next game. Vikings at home, off a bye, against Arizona. Um, it's kind of interesting here, um, in not a great way, but interesting because now, um, DeAndre Hopkins, who tweeted, "I'm I'm back. It's back." Like like he didn't get suspended for PEDs. Like, oh, the big comeback. Okay, well, hold on, you didn't break your leg or something like that. Anyway, um, he made this big post. It's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, just come back. Got suspended. Um, but I love me some Hopkins. I loved him in the draft. You know, a lot of people were pointing to that little dude from West Virginia. I was like, nope, DeAndre Hopkins is the guy. He's back. Uh, they also made a trade for Robbie Anderson uh, for the Panthers. Um, they didn't – I mean, to not have that stud of a receiver, you know, that's – look at his first week back. I mean, he, he was killing it his first week back. Um, now – Prater, their kicker. Will he be back? I don't know. Right now it's saying out, but I don't know. We are very healthy. Um, It is – we are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Vikings are now – it was four yesterday. It opened at four. It's already gone down um, because we've been playing a lot of close games, and they've been playing a lot of close games too. If you look at their losses to a pretty good Seattle, at least better than last year, 19-9. Philly, we know about Philly. 20 to 17. The Rams, especially at the beginning of the year, the Rams, uh, they're kind of figuring it out, kind of looking like shit. Guess what happens when your offensive line goes to shit? That's what's happening in the Rams right now. Um, all of a sudden, they can't move the ball. Um, so they, my point is, they've been in tight ass games. They barely beat the, you know, the, the Raiders uh, in overtime. They lost to the Rams early in the season, 20 to 12. They've been in close games too. And that's without someone I be on the PED stuff, uh, I think is a freaking stud. So now he's back. Here's a stat that really stands out. Um, and this is from Dustin Baker. One thing to be prepared for this weekend with the Vikings, not going to like this one, Aaron. The Cardinals go for it on fourth down more than any other team in the league through oh seven God. games. <laughs> through seven games, 23 times they've gone for it on fourth down. We know – I didn't get the ranking on that, but I'm assuming it's not great as far as how many times it's happened to us. Um, to me, this is a pick type game. I, I think Vegas has it about right. This is a close one, man, and if we're not on our P's and Q's, we can get beat at home. Uh, yeah, I have it as pick them too. I, you know, here's my factor. I mean, Kyler Murray, kind of quarterback that kills us. Um, his feet, uh, to be precise. Hopkins, can he match up? Can any of us match up? Is, is, does Peterson have enough in him, you know, to deal with Hopkins? 
Is does Cam have enough experience to deal with Hopkins? I don't know. Um, the running game is average running game, but they've got uh, they've got enough to to get a running game going. Um, defensively, they've got some some really good players. Um, Isaiah, what's his name, is is pretty good. Um, I think you know they won by a hair, and by a hair I mean a miss kick last season. And I think it goes that way for us this time. I think we win by hair, three points, um, only because we're at home. Um, so I think we'll get some calls our way. We'll get, um, obviously a little home field juice going on there. And I think that's enough for three point win. So that's what I'm calling for is a three point win. Um, you know, it could swing the other way very easily, depending how these guys come out and play. And by these guys, I mean the Vikings, if they come out, Yawning after a bye, well, you're going to get down pretty quick. Um, and then you have to, you know, maybe have some fourth quarter heroics to come back and win. But I think they're going to come out well. I think they're going to come play well. It's a home game. They're on a little bit of momentum here. Um, a little self scout during the bye. So you might see some new wrinkles. Yeah, you're right. Uh, a little more class time for the defense. Uh, so I think you you have enough to beat the Cardinals, and I think this is really the biggest test in the next maybe three games, and I think they win, but I think they only win by three because they're at home. In the next, oh, well, two games, because obviously at Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo's uh, the biggest of those tests. Biggest. Um, you know... They give up 25 points a game now. Some of it is because their offense is as good as it was. They have more. They have a bunch of wide receivers. Bring it up on the other side. They have a bunch of wide receivers. Like you said, last year did come down to it. And at this game, you know, on surface, it does look like a pick of the game. So I won't be here next Monday saying another close game. This is bullshit. No, this is a pick em type game. Uh, I do have the Vikings winning. Like 26 23, 27 23. I circled 26 23. It's with uh, crooked uh, numbers, like you mentioned earlier. Um, they're fresh off a 42 point. They, they got Hopkins back. Boom, 42 points. And he didn't even kill us that much. It was actually more that killed us last year, now that I think about it. So, um, and that's another thing about his one on one and mano y mano as far as corners and wide receivers. It's like, man, we, we're off so much. It, it doesn't feel like mono to mono is, but now it's like, hey, can the back end figure out a way to stop, you know, stop some of these guys? So I think they're going to get a lot of yards. They're going to have the ball for a while. And like you said, Murray is a guy that he'll throw some shit up and get. I think he had three touchdowns, two picks last year, something like that. So he'll he'll make huge plays and make some just knucklehead plays. That's just him. But he's a hell of a you know young guy that could really let that thing go and, and, and make something out of nothing. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the Vikes will win uh, just barely. Now, let's do a – it is an hour and four minutes in, uh, so let's hmm. not spend too much time because it's really just the relapse of last week. The Gophers, we, we kind of already went, you know, with what the problem is. Neither of us really thought they'd beat Penn State, but uh, they didn't. They didn't. They look like no. They, they did not. Nice, they looked like they had a nice drive to make it twenty-one um, to ten. Uh, you know, at half, and I thought, okay, that's kind of respectful. Hold on, I like that drive. A young quarterback, you know, 
made some plays and this, that, and the other, but uh, didn't get it done. And now, you know, this season's kind of turned into let's beat Iowa and let's beat Wisconsin. You know, like that would mm. – the way you'd end that way, I mean, technically speaking, what's left, we could win out or win five of six or whatever, but I just – or four of five or whatever. Um, yeah, because there's seven games and five, so five left regular season so it does kind of feel like that type of season where you're like okay well let's you know let's finish with some pride and it really came down to just winning the Purdue or Illinois game in in much better shape you know way better shape still alive obviously Illinois now that we look at it because Purdue lost last week and the West is weird but beating Illinois I suppose would have been better because they lead now less cleanly for the time being so to me, it has a feel of go get a win at Rutgers. Try to put, we've seen them put four to five wins together. They're very possible. I'll say this though: on the road at Wisconsin's tough anyway. But the last two weeks, they're starting to look like Wisconsin. So, Aaron, we have to start looking like Minnesota football. Of, well, for the right, level, okay. Uh, in the last few years, not not Minnesota football since. Yeah, for the love of God, just beat Rutgers, or we're having a completely different conversation. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> then it's a whole different season, you know, and we're oh. talking about a completely different thing. You know, three weeks ago, we're talking about, ooh, Rose Bowl, giddy, win the West, <laughs> you know, and now it's like, eh, maybe we can beat Rutgers, uh, for, you know, make us feel a little better. Um, look, yeah, I think you're right about the season. It's going to come down to Iowa and Wisconsin, you know, just salvage some sort of, uh, something from this season. Confidence. Confidence, sure. Just, you know, a trajectory of the program. Mm. Um, well like said. we called it going in, Chris. We knew where the, where the bumps were here. Um, we, I overlooked Purdue. Um, and I still think we probably could have won that game, but I knew Illinois was going to be a problem. I knew that in the summertime. Um, and it turned out to be so. Penn State, yeah, we thought they'd lose. I thought they'd have a little better showing. Tanner's out. Uh, Gallic Manis, you know, we were laughing a little bit off air about it. First start, kid, you know, get in there. Go get them. It's a white <laughs> Go out. do your best. Go get them. You know, this will be the biggest crowd uh, you're ever in front of. Go get them. 60,000 in a white out. Just, you know, get out there, son, and show them what you're made of. It's like, you, you know, what do you do there? You, you, Tanner's been the starter for six years. Uh, you know, he hasn't missed a hell of a lot of games. And so you're just basically throwing a kid to the wolves and, you know, hopefully that didn't affect his psyche too much and he can come back and still play. I thought, you know, for the most part in the third quarter, he started to, you know, show some signs. But, yeah, it was not a fun game to watch by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, So now you start to think, make pieces of this of this season, and I really think you're just going to have to salvage it by winning your, your rivalry games and then maybe saying, you know, how next year looks or whatever, however that goes. I don't think the program's in ruins or in shambles or anything like that. I just think, you you know, you missed a lot of pieces from last year. You try to come in and make some some adjustments. Uh, Offensive line's not as good. They're not terrible, but they're not as good as last year's line. And so, you know, a defensive line, you lost a lot of guys, and uh, I don't think you got made up really for it. So I think your, your holes or your weaknesses are starting to show a little bit. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, beat Rutgers, you know, beat Nebraska, beat those teams, and uh, try to beat Iowa, try to beat Wisconsin. 
I'm not saying it's a disappointing season, but uh, I'm not stoked about it either. Yeah, I mean, any time you, you know, lose three in a row, something that we're not as used to as before is probably going to be our this, especially the last two games or the before this, but at least one of them is So, um, yeah, I really think it's about that rivalry uh, games. You know, got to beat Iowa this year. That is still a goal, and, and you got to. That's basically what it comes down to. Um, doesn't mean I mean Illinois could fall apart. They could have an injury, and then they could lose two more games. But it's just they already got the tiebreaker on them, so that that really hurts. But overall, like you said, beat Rutgers, get it going. Calm down a little bit and uh, see if you can salvage uh, this season as far as just having a still and all of a sudden over the top. But yeah, if they did Rutgers, I that, that, <laughs> that would be a rant. Um, any last words, sir? It just get to a bowl game, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be New Year's Day. Just get to a decent bowl. Don't get to the Motor City Bowl again or whatever the hell it is. I always ended up in Detroit, but, uh, you know, get to a decent bowl game and, you know, call it a year. I, I really think quickly um, there's going to need to be some evaluation going on at the U about uh, NIL and transfer and maybe relook at that a little bit. Just like say, okay, you know, maybe we can't have six-year guys anymore. You know, maybe we need to get things rotating a little bit more and and, yeah, but the and start to, you know had a lot more to do with the six that's uh that's true but yeah i mean that's a very good point but still i mean there needs to be your depth has to see the field and, and so on but yeah we want to get going but um that's a another conversation for maybe uh, next year but i just think you know uh, you can salvage the season by getting to a good, good bowl game You're definitely beating wisconsin you better beat iowa this year you have a chance to do it it'd be nice to beat iowa when they're yes. at their best but you know We'll take it. We'll take beating them when they're not at their best either. You know, whatever it takes to get a win against Iowa, we're good. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm underwhelmed with this season, but I'm definitely still behind this program, and I still really uh, think the Gophers have a lot uh, going for them in the future. Yeah, that's a good way to put. It. You got to stay focused on what it was like since we've been alive. Try to man that eleven and two was awesome, but um, you know. It's not going to happen every other year. Um, All right. We'll be back next uh, Monday. Take it easy. We'll see you. Hopefully the Vikes can get a dub. Peace.